Shucky, what up? What it do? Time for another episode of the Intellectual Stew with yours truly, James Kirkland. I ain't gonna lie, I missed y'all, man. This is the first show of the year. Happy New Year. I hope all things are well with you. I hope your year has started out amazing. I know that mine has. And uh, listen, I'm excited to be back tonight. And I, uh, I'm, uh, we had a wonderful show. Let me get this music off. Y'all have heard enough of me trying to sing. That, that's enough of that. So let me uh let me get this music off. I'ma figure that uh I'ma figure that insta there we go. I'ma figure that Instagram thing out after a while. I don't know what y'all I, I am suffering from technological ignorance, so I'm not able to stream live on Instagram just yet. But I'm gonna figure that out. I promise you I am. Uh, and when I do, uh, Instagram would be a part of our audience as well. Listen, if you're in the chat right now, do me a favor. Let me know where you're listening from. If you're in Texas, uh, tell me what city you're from. Uh, if you're in Arkansas, let me know you're in Little Rock. If you're in Atlanta, wherever you are, uh, say live. And this is where I'm listening from. Uh, we're getting ready to get this show started. Uh, just uh, at the end of the year last year, I started a new series. One, You, you know one thing about me. We, we, we're very versatile. That's why we call it the intellectual stew. A stew consists of several ingredients. When I first started this show, I asked a lot of people, I said, what do you think my strengths are? Because I wanted to, I wanted to talk about things that I thought were relevant. Hello, Missy. Hello, uh, Audrey. I wanted to talk about relevant things that, I, that were my strengths, right? So people gave me several uh, topics and ideas uh, that I should uh, try to talk about. So uh, so we don't just stay with relationships. We don't just we don't do just Bible. We don't just do parenting. We don't just do family. We do what's relevant. And uh, last year, towards the end of the year, I started a new series that I called uh, the series that I called. I entitled it. Let me pull it up right now. Um, I entitled it. I don't look like what I've been through. That That's what I entitled the series. I don't look like what I've been through. And I brought on a special. Uh, I had a young lady on at that time by the name of Myra. Myra is a survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, God healed her body and she believes that. And uh, if you see her, she does not look like what she has gone through. And uh, I have a friend, uh, friend and I, I don't use the term loosely when I do say friend, but I have a friend by the name of Jason. I'm about to bring Jason in. I met Jason. In fact, let me just go and bring him in. We'll talk about how we met. Uh, come on in, Jason. Uh, what's up, my friend? How you doing? Good, James. How you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm making it on broken pieces, but I'm going to hold on to the ship. I promise you <laughs> that, man. Right. I ain't at the top of the hill yet, but I'm still climbing. Well, you keep climbing, my friend. Keep climbing. <laughs> now, listen, listen. Jason heard my last show of the year. Uh, it was entitled, um, I Don't Look Like What I've Been Through with Myra. And Jason, after hearing it, 
I was in my hotel room out there. And, and, we, and Jason, we'll talk about how we met in a moment. But I was yeah. in my hotel out there in Longview, Texas. And I get a text from Jason about 10 o'clock. You know, that's late for me because I'm, I'm on Eastern time. So normally I'm thinking my body's still on Eastern time. So when I see this text comes to about 10 o'clock, probably 11, 1130, uh, my body time. And it's saying, and I can feel it. He said, man, I want, you know, I'm listening to this, this podcast. Hey, Coy, uh, and I want to, I want to tell my story. And I didn't know which story he wanted to tell because, you know, we, we met at a car dealership. I, you know, I go out there every year to do I me mean, every month. I mean, to do a sale. What's up, Jackson? Uh, hey, Jackson, what's up, my friend? Uh, Missy, uh, Viola, Coy, all of you all. But I go out there and I do this sale every month. And these are my brothers. All the, these guys, they're East Texas. They I mean, they're, they're cool. They see me pull up every month. They give me hugs. You know, we're cool like a fan. And Jason is a very boisterous guy. You know, he, you know he, he's a jokester. He's loud. You know, he's obnoxious. I'm joking. But uh, he's, he's, a, he's a good guy, though. He said he don't care. He said, he said flatter me any way you can. But, uh, Jason, you know, but Jason is a good guy, right? And when he texted me that night and he said, I want to tell my story, I think he had told me about it briefly, but he hadn't told me in totality. But I want to ask you to get the conversation started, Jason. What was going through your mind when you heard Myra's story that prompted you to want to tell your story? Well, I, I, it was a great story for one. She, she, she went through a lot. It was, it was a great, great podcast. I loved it. Uh, the second thing was, is right after my daughter had passed away, we went to the church that she attended. Okay. And there was a preacher that came there as a, best, uh, a guest preacher. And his son had just killed himself within like a month, best I can remember. A lot of the things I say tonight, I can't remember exact dates too, because those first three, four months after she passed was really a fog to us. I bet. But uh, this preacher, he came to the church and he uh, he gave a testimony on his son committing suicide and stuff and, and talking about it. And I thought to myself, how can anyone who just lost their kid get up here and talk to people? How can you say these things? How do you have that strength? And that's where this originally stemmed from. But then when I heard her talking, I was like, you know what? I, I need to tell this too. It helps. Wow. It heals. It makes me feel better. Got you. And I, and I want to say this at the beginning. I thank you for trusting me <laughs> uh, with this story. Uh, because like I said, I know it, it, it's a, if you all look on the screen there, you see uh, it says rest in, pay, rest in peace, J.C. Lorray. By, that's, that, by the that's, way, there, James, it was uh, two six, not sixteen. I just. Oh my bad. You, hey, man, you know what? I know that. I, I promise, I have it like that. That, that, that was a fat. <laughs> that was good. a fat. It's, that was a fat finger mistake. I'm sorry. It, I'm, I'm about to fix it in just one second. While you talking, I promise you'll be fixed. No, it I ain't all good. To, I don't like making mistakes. Uh, but anyway, but two six. <laughs> go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't. I didn't want to, uh, it to contradict the story later on when I was talking. People be like, "Wait, that ain't right." So I just. I just no. Well, no, we, we're going to fix that in just a moment. I, want, I am getting a little better with technology, so I can some, some things I can do. So I will fix that in a minute if you don't. Uh, and so I will do that. Listen, everybody in the in, in the chat, if you all share this, we can probably double these numbers because this is going to be a good story uh, when you hear because you no parent should ever have to fathom the idea of losing a child. And Jason went through it. And as I said, he. He called me, he texted me, and he said, I want to tell my story and the next day. Because like I told you, I go out there every month uh, to a, a dealership out there. It's a, what's the name? Longview Hyundai. I go out there. Hey, what's up, Evan? My buddy. I go out there every, every, every Evan, that's my dude right there. But Evan, uh, I go out there every month. And like I said, I've, I've created a brotherhood. Evan makes sure I come out every month. Okay, Miss Clayton, great, great. Uh, I go out there every, Evan makes sure I comes out every, come out there every month. That's my friend. 
I don't care if I'm making less money, I mean, making more money to go somewhere else, I'll go there because they're going to bring me every month. And I, like I said, I've created a brotherhood, you know, so we joke, we laugh, you know, we cry a little bit together. Uh, and like I said, when, J- when Jason told me he wanted to tell his story, uh, it blew my mind and I, I wanted to do him justice. I, di- I didn't want to, I didn't want to just, you know, go over, just kind of go over the story, you know, running by willy nilly. I wanted to do his story justice. So that's what we're going to do. So um, now for, I want to welcome Jason to the sto- show and I want to thank him for his bravery and his transparency as it relates to telling this story about JC. And for those who don't know, Jason had to go through what no parent ever wants to go through. And that is the passing of a child. So uh, we've already welcomed him. We've already done a little small talk. So Jay, uh, what I want you to do now, Jason, for just a moment, tell us a little bit about JC. Uh, give us her journey. Tell a little bit about her journey, about her story, so we can introduce the audience to who JC is. And I'm going to try to make this correction that I made. But go ahead. Tell, talk to us. So what I do is I start with, like, uh, when me and her mother, we met. We, were, we, we knew each other three months. We were married. We were... We were five days away, or we were five days past uh, our nineteenth year anniversary when when she passed. But but uh, she, had, my wife, had multiple miscarriages. Uh, we don't even know how many miscarriages. There were so many miscarriages. Mm-hmm. So we quit trying to have babies and just was just being a married couple, you know. And uh, out of nowhere, uh, my wife gets pregnant, carries full term, baby comes out perfectly healthy, no issues, no nothing. We think great. Well, uh, everything's perfect. Uh, we, we, her body just wasn't ready for a child yet or something about me wasn't ready yet. So, uh, she has the baby and, and she's fine. Nothing in the world wrong with her doctors, everything saying there's nothing. She's perfect. So, uh, we decided to have another, uh, and we could, we miscarried again. So my wife had her tube side and everything. And JC just continues to grow up like nothing's wrong until three years old at three years old. She has her first seizure. And I was at work in New Mexico, or I'm sorry, uh, West Texas, out in the uh, Midland Odessa area. Uh, I'd been working nights. My wife gives me the call, or the, my wife calls my boss at the time, and he comes and wakes me up and tells me that my wife and my daughter are on the side of the road with a seizure, and they're trying to get to the hospital. And oh, no. uh, so I'm 11, 12 hours away at this point in time, and the worst possible thing in the world going through your head and driving back to home. And uh, anyway, we get there. Uh, and uh, she had had a seizure, and they start these medicines on her and stuff. And they tell us about how they got to load, do it like a loading dose, and they got to get her levels up to a certain level to control the seizures. And the first two days there, it was like dealing with the meanest drunk you ever met in your life because they'd give her the medicine, and she'd just scream and holler when she wasn't having a seizure. Okay. Uh, so she gets. We we think we we're gonna beat this thing. In our mind, you know, uh, we we kind of. And, and how? Hey, I'm gonna cut you off. But how old is she now? She's three years old. She's three years old. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you said yeah. this. So, and, uh, so yeah, so, she's so three years he, old. Uh, yeah. We're, we're thinking, you know, like anything else, well, let's tackle this head on. We're going to beat it. We'll cure this and, and move on with our life. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously that wasn't the case, but we, we start going to doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment. Uh, we were in closing on our house at that point in time. And we had to pull out of escrow. We lost all that money, everything. It took It took everything we had to get her out of the hospital the first time. Oh, wow. And then uh, just doctor after doctor. And, I mean, she could go as many as as simple as a, a fever, uh, a sinus infection. Anything could trigger her seizures to where she would have seizures all day long. And uh, the only thing you could do was medicate her to stop it. And uh, we kept trying different doctors and different specialists and stuff. And we finally take her to this doctor in, in uh, 
uh, LSU in, in Shreveport. And she give her, uh, give us a diagnosis that she would not live to an old age and all this stuff. And we didn't want to hear that. So we never went back to that doctor. We found another doctor. We wasn't giving up yet. We didn't want to hear that. So, uh, Anyway, she was a perfectly normal child from there on. She was just on medications. And maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, she'd have seizures. We're thinking life's just traveling on along like it's supposed to at this point. She's, she goes wakeboarding. She goes skiing. She goes horseback riding, motorcycle riding, dirt bike, whatever. She lived a normal life, and we did everything in our power to give her a normal life. Never once in our mind did we ever think that she was going to pass away. Never once did we ever consider that as a possibility. And uh, uh, anyway, sorry, I just get emotional. But anyway, we never imagined that she would pass away. And uh, we, uh, uh, man, sorry. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Hey, now, listen, now listen, uh, for those that are listening, we, we, we have Jason Clayton on. Jason is a friend of mine from uh, out in East Texas. Uh, Jason heard me do a, I don't look like what I've been through in the past. And, and he, uh, and he he was moved, and he wanted to come on and tell his story. JC's, uh, I mean Jason's daughter, JC Larray, she lived from three nineteen oh four to February the sixth eighteen, just fourteen a few few couple of about a few weeks short of her fourteenth birthday. Ooh. And Jason uh, had to and no no parent no parent no parent would ever fathom having to lose a child right and he's brave enough he's transparent enough he he's thought enough of us to come on and share his story because some of us don't, could be going through the same thing and and don't even realize it now i want you to notice something that he said he said she could have a headache he said she could have a have a uh, sinus infection or anything that's a normal sickness to any other child but Jason said that this could trigger a seizure. Now, watch this. This happened from the time she was three years old until the time she, the rest of her life. So I want to ask you this next question, Jason. Um, this, I want to ask you this question. Um, how did your family cope with the challenges of, uh, of her seizures over those years, for those eight, nine years? How did your well, family cope with those seizures? Well, uh, fortunately enough, uh, I was always able to provide enough of a, a of a living to my wife to not have to work. So mm -hmm. she always stayed with her. So she always had a caregiver with her. Uh, okay. The main thing that we did is we just knew that if it was a seizure day, and, and, and it's stupid that that's a term, but if it was a seizure day, that, that day was pretty much a wash. Wendy and JC stayed home and did and took care of her. Low lights, no noise, just just keeping her calm and easy through the day until she was through that point of that day. And generally, after that first day, as long as you got the antibiotics started on her, she wouldn't seize anymore during that. Let's say it was a cold. As long as you got the penicillin or some medicine going in her or something to mm -hmm. combat the cold after the first day, the seizures would stop. But she could okay. have as many as twenty in a day. Twenty so, in one day. Yeah, well, she she's had up to I think we counted twenty four in one day. And let, let, let me pause right quick too and let you know you you probably can't see the comments right now but no. bro you got a whole bunch of support and everybody's saying god bless you jason god bless you jason i'm so uh your mother's talking about how she was a selfless giving child you uh you have people 
that are literally praying for you. And I, and I, and I know you say you're not the most religious person. I get all of that, but I am. <laughs> and my crowd is, and we believe in the power of prayer, right? And so for them to pray you through this interview, uh, and, and because some, this is healing for you. And I, I, I do have a therapist that's going to come on at the end for the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, that's going to help provide some clarity for everything. Hey, Kim, Kim, Kimala, how are you doing? So listen, take your time. Tell your story, man. Uh, don't apologize. Please don't do it. Take your time. Everybody in the chat, in the chat, do me a favor. Like this. Share this. Love this. Whatever. Let's help Jason get through this interview. Uh, and let's let's pay. Let's pay. Because this isn't really what the story part of the story we want to talk about. Yeah, this is just this is just kind of the preliminaries of what we really want to talk about. Uh, so let, let, let's keep it going. So, Jason, uh, in what ways did your I know you said that you you, you were able to provide a, uh, a, a safe, li- well, uh, a good enough living for your family. But in what other ways did her condition affect your uh, your family's daily life? Well, I mean, it, it was just the point that we knew that every time we did something that we had to consider, is this going to set her off? Is this okay. something that she's able to do? Uh, we had people tell us, uh, go do make a wish, go do this, go do that. We never considered that. We just wanted to make it to where she was fine, but it didn't really, we didn't really let it affect our day to days because we wanted her to see herself as a normal child. Okay. We wanted her to live a normal life. So we tried our best to never, ever, ever let it affect our normal daily life. If we wanted to go to the lake, load up we're going to the lake if she had a seizure while we were at the lake we did our best to just get her through that day and let her have the easiest day possible while we were because we generally went to the lake we'd take our motorhome and stay i wouldn't make her stay out there on the lake but anyway like i say we we would let her uh stay in the motorhome and rest and stuff and we would generally cancel our actions for the day and just stay inside with her and then the next day we could continue our process but we we just never let it interfere with what she wanted to do we let her do everything Okay, gotcha. All right, so here we're going we're to pivot right here, and it's going to be a tough pivot, but I want, I, want, I want you – we talked about it earlier, so I want to talk about it now. Tell us about her last day and, and when okay. she – when she, you, the word you use, aspirated, and then yeah. the story you told me on the way to the hospital. Tell us about her last day. Well, just, just prior to that, probably you don't even know this. Uh, okay. uh, on Christmas Day 2017, before she passed, my dad died in a house fire. And he lost his house, so my mom was living with us. Jesus. And uh, uh, so we'd lost my dad. And then a month and 11 days later, approximately, uh, that morning I get up and uh, uh, get ready to go to the gym. Me and the wife wake up as normal. Uh, I get ready to go to the gym. I'm still working in the oil field. And uh, we've got our gym here at the house. So I'm, I go outside. My wife gets up and starts making breakfast. When normally every morning when we make breakfast, J.C. would come out of her room. Because she'd smell the bacon or something cooking, she'd come out and start visiting with us and stuff. Well, that morning, my wife noticed that J.C. hadn't come out yet. And she had just checked on her right before she started breakfast. So she goes in there to see what's going on. And uh, just to mention this, also, J.C., uh, we had had a custom bed ordered for called a safety sleeper. And it was something to keep them from falling out of their bed. And I had alarms on it. So if she moved too much in her bed, the alarms would go off. Okay, I was going to ask that. Okay, good, good, good. Well, none of the alarms went off. And uh, she goes in there to check on her to see what's going on. And she comes screaming out of the house to me because I'm in the gym. She's dead. She's dead. And I'm going, what? 
And I'm thinking, because my mom had just gotten a shift and come home. And never in my mind is a 13-year-old kid dead. So I'm thinking, it's my mom. I scream, my wife, my mom? She says, no, JC. And I take off running for the bedroom, run in the house, get into her bedroom. And she's got like, it's like, it's it's blood and saliva that makes foam. It looks like orange foam coming out of her mouth because she is aspirated. When she started having her seizure, she swallowed her saliva, which was going into her lungs, which was basically drowning her. And then, and then she, because of that and the struggles of drowning, it caused her to have a heart attack. And that's what killed her. Uh, the aspiration started, the heart attack killed her. So I run into the house and my mom was living here because as I said, my dad just passed away in the house fire and she didn't have anywhere to live. And she was a nurse. So she runs in the bedroom with me and we start CPR. And we got her back one time. She took two breaths and then stopped breathing again. And we never got her back. Then the ambulance got here. My wife has to run out to the road because we live way off the road and we live in the country. So my wife has to go out to the road and leave us inside to do CPR and stuff, not knowing what's going on. So she can flag down the ambulance because they're never going to find our address. And uh, so me and my mom are in there doing CPR. The ambulance finally gets here. They take over. Once they finally get her, they never got her to respond, nothing. They're shocking her. They're doing everything. They never really got her to breathe or anything, I don't think. So they get her into the ambulance. They never stop CPR. They work the entire time on her, all the way to the hospital because we followed them all the way there. And that guy, that paramedic, never stopped working on her the entire time. Wow. Uh, just as we're about halfway to the hospital, because we live about 30 minutes from it, uh, I look over at my wife and I just felt this like presence pass through me. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at my wife and I said, She's gone. She just left. And she said, what? I said, I'm telling you, she's not coming back. I just felt her pass. And she's like, you know, we're both we're both in shock. We don't know what's going on. Uh, so, but I look at her and I say, well, this is this is uh, this is the time where everyone's going to be here to support us. Everyone's going to be here. We're going to have a lot of love and support right now. Mm-hmm. But there's going to come a time when it's going to be just me and you. And we've got to stay strong through this. And we get to the hospital and they get her in there and me and her are out in the waiting room because, I mean, this is pretty emergency. So we're in the waiting room. And then finally, I guess a couple of minutes, one of them comes out there to get my wife and says, are you JC's mom? She says, yeah, come on back. And I said, whoa, 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 what about me? I'm going to. So we have to go into the, the uh, operating room and uh, stand in there and Finally, watch them run an ultrasound on her heart, watch them give her shots, watch them shock her, everything. Mm-hmm. And basically, the doctor's telling me, hey, we'll go as long as you want us to go, but she's not going to live. Jeez. She's dead. But it has to be y'all that make the call because they wouldn't stop. So I had to look at my wife and convince her to tell them to stop. <laughs> Because all they were doing at this point were breaking her ribs and hurting her more. So I had to look her in the face and convince her to tell them to stop. 
that's pretty hard to do. That's yeah. pretty hard to do. Yeah. Once again, uh, Jason, I want to, I want to thank you again for your courage. Uh, like I said, this is the first half of the interview. We're going to make, uh, we're going to make a hard pivot here in a moment. Um, but, uh, we're gonna make a hard pivot for those that don't know. I just put it back on the screen. Uh, Jason and his wife lost JC LeRae. She was a 13 year old, beautiful young lady, uh, that had a tough life from the time she was three years old. She had to endure seizures as many as 20 a day sometimes. And, uh, it affected their family. It did. And then not only that, but as Jason just said, um, she passed away. She passed away. And and I imagine, Jason, that you must have gone through a wide range of emotions from anger to depression. Oh, yeah. Confusion, euphoria, disbelief. Uh, you, go ahead, talk to me. You, you yeah, remember? Yeah, there, uh, I mean, there were so many things. But honestly, it there's probably three or four months you don't even really remember all the details. It's just such wow. a blur. That's uh, I mean... You. We we when we went into the uh I mean even at the funeral home, the, the funeral home people everybody was so good. The doctors, everybody, even the funeral home person here in town, he basically opened up the funeral home and me and my wife and we stayed there from morning till dark every day and he let us leave when we wanted to, everything. It was one of the hardest things in our life to do to walk away from him. And we did it every day for multiple days while she laid in that casket. Mm. It was hard. Yeah. But, so here we are. So here we are. So here Mr. and Mrs. Clayton are, uh, and they have a void. There's a void now because for 13 years you've had Jason, like you said, when, when she smelled the smell of bacon, she came outside, you know, uh, if an alarm, if, if she had, if the bed started moving too much, an alarm went off, you know, you, I mean, so you've gotten, you know, because we create routines, we create culture, you know, about, you know, every day is a new habit every day, you know, we create our traditions. Right. And so now 14, almost almost 14 years later, she's no longer with us and there's a void. And I heard you just say for the first three or four months, you know, you, it was kind of a blur, but as you all started to kind of transition, you know, of having to really start to face it, how did you start to feel that void? I know sometimes people will feel that void with alcohol. Sometimes people will feel it with drugs. Sometimes, you know, just depression. How did you How did you feel that void during that time? Well, first off, uh, part of the reason I, I say that I'm not what I look like matching okay. up with this podcast so so well is, for one, my, like I say, it was a really, really bad run we had in 2018. So 2017, Christmas Day, my father dies in a house fire. Okay. February 6, 2018, my uh, daughter passes away uh, from seizure. May 10th, my grandmother finally loses her life to cancer after three battles. And then on May 27th, my mother-in-law, uh, finally, we had to take her off the machines because she had a stroke. So we lost four people in six months there. And they weren't just cousins and whatever down the road. It was mom's. Uh, grandma's daughters and fathers that we lost. So it was a really, really, really rough 2018. Uh, but so I drowned myself in beer, nothing but beer. Uh, I stayed drunk, blackout drunk for almost six months. But the reason that it took so long to get over it is because death kept happening to us. It kept happening to us. We couldn't heal from one before another one would happen. So it was just so much. But uh, we, we drank every day, every day, as much as we yeah. could drink. 
So y'all drank together? Yes. Okay. Okay. That was okay. one thing we did uh, is we drank and just, uh, I mean, just drank and rode back roads and listened to country music. Gotcha. Gotcha. Don't know gotcha. halftime. Don't know how I got home. I was on a bad path to do the wrong thing. Okay. So so that's that that's okay. So that's an interesting paradigm. So since you all were drinking together yeah. uh, and having experienced the loss together, how was it affecting the bond that you all had in your marriage? Well, we we weren't we weren't bonding really. We were just drinking together. We weren't okay. dealing with what was going on. Self medic self medicating. Yep. Yeah, we weren't okay. dealing with what was really going on. We were trying to ignore that. Okay. And just drink. So you were, so you were, you were escaping reality. Yes. For the most part. Very much so. So, so how so how long would you say did you all go through that period where you all were escaping a reality? It, it was before, about before six I'm... months. It was about okay. six months, and I and finally what... saw. I finally decided that I wanted to change the course we were on. And uh, that this wasn't where I wanted to be. If she was alive, she wouldn't want to sit around being drunk every day. Uh, okay. We did we did all kinds of things when she was alive. So uh, I got out and started doing it again. I, I started doing projects around the house. Uh, I like to. Consumer Reports published a study showing 95% of supplements on the market are contaminated and contain magnesium stearate, which decreases absorption and increases a toxic material in the body which has a lot of pesticides in it. Many companies are labeling it as a vegetable steroid. Central Silver has at least three dyes that are listed on the national cancer list as a potential carcinogenic. Most of the minerals in it are in the form of oxides. Oxides oxidize the body. That means they rust the body out. At Immune Wellness Pharmacy, you will receive supplements that are dispensed in glass bottles they're vegetable capsules with no additives, no dyes, no fillers, no preservatives, no magnesium stearate. To know your body is absorbing the nutrients it needs, stop Immune Wellness Pharmacy. That's pharmacy with an F. Go to immunewellnesspharmacy.com to shop now. Immune Wellness Pharmacy, restoring optimal function to the human body. Forge. I like to work on vehicles, so I got out and started doing that again. But my wife was still way behind me on that part. She okay, wasn't so that, ready yet. That's that's what I that's the way I was gonna go next. So so you you were you started to turn the corner. Yeah. But 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 your wife was still kind of uh yes. still stuck Very in that depressed. state. Okay. Very depressed. Okay. So how did you how did you what in what ways what ways did you find effective? when it came to supporting your wife through her struggles with depression? Man, being attentive, being there, that's the number one thing you can do for someone in depression. And and when they say they need, they really need. When they need you, your assistance, your presence, it's, it, it's different when they're struggling with that kind of depression. You have to step aside and say, okay, I'm here. What can I do now? Mm-hmm. And she just, I basically had become everything for her. And and I still am. I, I I bend over backwards to take care of that woman. I do everything in my power to make her happy. Everything in power. Uh, we was, uh, at, I guess, at some point, probably around that six-month mark, I remember being outside working on something. And uh, we had lost all intimacy. Uh, we had lost uh, just about any part of love. We were just together. We were just... Uh, uh, 
for lack of better terms, we were just roommates. Uh, okay. We 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 were trying to get through something, and we didn't know how. We didn't have any professional help, and we wasn't seeking any professional help. Uh, we just thought we could handle it on our own. And I slowly but surely started getting her out and getting her to do more, getting her to come out more and spend time with me in the shop, if nothing else, because she didn't want to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And when she lost her mother in May of uh, 27, that uh, May 27th of 18, that really sent her into a spiral because she didn't have anybody to talk to then. Okay. Because her father was already gone too. So she didn't really have any uh, parent to support her. Yeah. And uh, that put a little bit more on me. <laughs> so I had to do a little bit more then. And uh, it's just one of those things where I looked at her one day and I said, you know, we have got to find a way to still be a, a, a married couple. We've got to figure out how to still love each other. Even though all this horrible stuff has happened to us, we've still got to love each other. And you know, man, together, you know, bro, you, you say, you know, you're not religious and all that. And I get it. But, you know, it's funny uh, how still God sees the end long before the beginning, you know, uh, while you were on that in that car riding behind the ambulance, you 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 prepared her by saying, you know, it's just me and you. It's gonna be a time everybody else leaves, and then it's gonna be me and you. I want to commend you uh, for being the man of your house, to being for being the man in your relationship, for being somebody for your wife to submit to. You know, because uh, I think you know people people get marriage wrong so much. You know, we we think it's a hundred a hundred, but it really isn't. It's it's not 50-50, you know, it's not, you know, it's whatever it takes. You know, some days, you, you know, she yeah. might only have 10 yeah. and That's you right. got to have 90. You know, some That's days, right. you know, you, that she might not have anything and you got to have all 100 and you got to be cool with that, right? But you got so many people that are looking for a fair exchange in a relationship. But how do you have fair exchange when your partner doesn't have anything else to give? You know, how, how do you have, I mean, what, do, you, do you start practicing point the finger right or saying you're not, pulling my weight you're not pulling your weight or you're not pulling your share and i and i i commend you for being so and your mom is on here and she's talking she's talking so uh proud she's so proud of you she's saying you're a great man great husband and all those things and and i and i appreciate that man because i've gotten to know you a little bit like i said and and you're a jokester you know you you we play a lot around it and and he processes life fast you know he processes it's quick because he's been through some things in his life, right? And he's he shared some of those things with me. And he and, and sometimes Jason don't have a filter, you know. But Jason would just say it, right? It, it, it'll just come out. But uh, but to hear the soft side of Jason, you know, and to say and to realize and recognize that your wife is going through depression, and then minister to her depression. That's just like a lot of men. When when their wives or their their significant I want to say wives because I want I, I like to deal in relationships like that, but if they're going through postpartum, you yeah. know their whole body just went through a major life change. A whole human just came out of them, and sometimes it takes some time to get over that. And we as men, bro, we we got to be sensitive enough to our spouses to help get through get them through those mental you know lapses because they can come back from it with the proper support uh how long did it take or has it has it happened yet how long did it take before your wife started to turn that corner it hadn't okay it hadn't. we're still there i mean mm-hmm. but but we're learning to deal with it she's she's finally getting help we're finally okay. getting help so that that we're there at the turning point to get the help now yes so y'all uh, so if you had if you had to do over would you have gotten therapy sooner uh, 
I never put her pushed her into therapy. I've always asked her if she was ready, would she go? Because okay. uh, for one, she's she she doesn't believe you should ever talk about this because she it, it hurts too much. Okay. And me, on the other hand, I think that it should be talked about because I never spoke about it for basically two years. And then uh, when I started working at the dealership, people would ask me randomly, "Hey, you got any kids?" Just it's just conversation when you're talking to a customer. Uh, you got kids? Well, what do you say to that answer when that's your only child? You know, I mean, what, so for the longest, all I'd say is, yeah, and I just cut it short there, and I wouldn't say nothing. And then I started saying a little bit more and a little bit more, and it got easier, and it got easier to deal with, and it got easier to talk about. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to keep talking about it, and I'm going to say what I think, and I'm going to say it. But with my wife, she doesn't want it brought up because it's a scab she's not ready to rip off yet wow yeah, Jar- jarvis can relate because jarvis also went through something similar we and we pray for jarvis uh same uh he lost his child as well uh diff- for a different reason but he may mean a different way but still he lost lost a child yeah. and he said he but he says for the rest of your life you will witness others others children survive conditions which were worse than your own child's and wonder why did they make it and not mine? Wow! Now, just that, that that that's a strong statement too. But the rest of your life, you're going to hear about kids getting molested. You're going to hear about kids getting mistreated by their parents or neglected and stuff like that. And you're going to think, why? I did. I gave my child everything. I was a great parent. Why don't I get to keep mine? So there's, there is not just the watching the other kids. It's, sorry, it's watching the lucky kids. It's watching the the uh, unfortunate kids get mistreated and no one there to take care of them. And then I had a child that had a parents that wanted to take care of them and they took our child away. I don't get speechless often, but I'm, so I'm glad I wrote down some notes because I promise... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So how, how 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 have you managed to maintain open communication with your wife about her emotions and her mental health? The main thing with her is that I have to shut off and be completely attentive uh, because she she won't tell me she won't tell me when she's getting down. I have to pay off play off the keys because she doesn't want to burden me because she feels like if she burdens me, I'm doing so well. Why put it back on me? When you say play off the keys, when you say play off the keys, what type of keys do you like when she gets silent, when she gets short with me, when she Mm -hmm. when she wants to sleep 10 hours, 12 hours a day instead of getting up and getting going and doing and stuff like that. uh, I have to pay attention to those things and say, hey, baby, what's going on? What do we need to talk about? What can we work through today? Uh, What's going on? And just start pulling it out of her. And usually I get attacked at first and then I have to calm her down and say, hey, I'm on your side. <laughs> I'm your husband. I'm on your side, babe. And then we talk through it from that point. But it, it, it has to be one of those things where she doesn't want to put it on me. So I have to pay attention to her signs and her keys. And when I see those keys, I have to I've had to learn to navigate the path to support her the best way I can. Whether that's, hey, let's turn TV off and just talk for a while. Let's go on the back porch and cook dinner and spend time together. Hey, let's go out and get a drink together. Hey, let's go to the movies. Hey, let's go camping. Whatever you want to do, but take her out of this environment and wow. put her into a different environment to where she can clear her mind and just enjoy herself. Wow. 
Hey, boy, you 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 get you're giving a clinic on how to be a husband or how to be a support system to somebody that's going through uh, right now. I'm, I'm, somebody I'm, no, don't know nothing about it. Yeah, but hey, you know, but hey, listen, hey, listen. Like I just told you earlier, God knows the end way before the beginning, man. He puts stuff inside of us that we never even knew. You know, it's funny, man. I'm 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 gonna use an analogy, but I'm sure you can catch it. It's interesting to me how God allows some people to walk on what drowns everybody else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you get you get you you, yeah, you pick up. Go ahead. We could have easily, we could have easily gave in, and this marriage yeah. could easily be over because okay. this ain't been easy. This has been okay. very, very hard, mm. very hard. But we're. But I got a question. I got a question. I got a question, though, bro. What? I have a real question. I have a okay. real question, and and I, and and I want you to be honest. with me. this is James. Act like it's just me and you talking right now. Nobody else yeah. is listening. I, I got a question for you. How do you provide support? How do you balance providing support? While taking care of your own mental, who's taking care of Jason? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> you just got to be strong. You got to be strong. I just felt like, well, okay. That's what I'm not. It's I'm not way. healed. I'm not healed in any way. I still okay. got a lot of a lot of things going on. I probably always will have a lot of things going on. So I'm not healed by any means. I'm still mm-hmm. struggling, also. But I tell my wife. And I tell people at work, I tell everybody, you get one thing you get to choose each day. And that's your attitude. Mm-hmm. And I wake up every day and try to choose to be happy. Okay. Because I don't get to be happy. I have to choose it. And yeah. and that right there is the only thing I can do. I try to shed everything with laughter. I try to shed everything through jokes and just deal with what's going on and handle it on my own the best I can handle it. Now, yeah. there are times when my wife sits down with me and we talk at night and we just we just, we cry together, talk together, go through whatever together. And uh, those times happen and she's there for me then. But for the most part, I, I handle it on my own. And I talk to them. Well, I tell my story to people who ask and or or not all of it, but I'll tell them a little bit of it. And it makes me feel a little better. And uh, it lets a little release out. Yeah, that's that, that's good, man. My uh. And but th- and that's that's my only concern uh, is that, like I said, uh, is that you, you know, we, we all have a breaking point ourselves. Right. And, and, I, and I know and sometimes, you know, we, you know, the bully would laugh to keep with the bully or the guy, the person that was being bullied would tell jokes to keep people off of them. You understand what yep. I'm saying? Or if they're hurt, hurting, they'll mask it by laughter. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and, and And I know you need an outlet as well because yeah. at some point you know it's it's almost like spontaneous combustion you know what i'm saying you yeah. got something that that needs to get off and you're strong for everybody else and i commend you man you like i said you, any man that's listening tonight that uh that uh you 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 you've learned a lot about how to support your spouse and, and not only a man but any woman you're learning how to support your spouse even through the tough times right because everything and and if and we can all talk about tough times you know because we we get mad and want to leave somebody because these bills aren't paid on time or you know <laughs> or infidelity or some other things but these J- jason and his wife have literally had to endure the death of a child yeah, yeah. and 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 he he uh he stood up in that you know he said they they had uh um, he said that they had to go through their little thing where they uh they drank for a season because remember whenever there is a uh, whenever there's a time that you um 
whenever there's a void, let me put it like that. Whenever there's a void in your life, most of us are going to try to fill that void with something, right? It's best to be able to put a flower in that void, right? Because we want to put something pretty there, right? But sometimes we put trash in those holes. Uh, you said you put alcohol in your hole for a long time, and that that was an issue. Uh, but like I said, you you said that you you knew that your daughter uh, wouldn't want y'all to live like that, and so no. that was enough to make y'all start wanting to shift towards another direction, right? Yes, uh, I mean she she we. If I was outside, my daughter was outside. If I was home from work, my daughter was with me twenty four seven. We did everything together. So to just sit in the house and stay drunk, I knew we couldn't do it anymore. I knew we mm-hmm. couldn't. We had to get out and we had to start seeing the world and facing the world. That's what it really was. We had to go out and face the public. Because the problem is, is, is there's a, it's stupid that there's shame in losing your child. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of shame that comes with it too. And wow. having to face people in your town that you knew and listen to them say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Sometimes it feels like they're saying you're a shitty parent and, ah. or, or, you know, it just, it just feels like that sometimes. So it, it took a while to just want to go out and face the public. And uh, the, the, it, it's just, there's so many complicated levels to it that there's no one pointing a finger at, at anything like, like that or whatever. It's just, there was just, just, Take time. just, 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 just trying to get out of the house and, and get get around people. And, and then what happens if you burst into tears like this? I'm totally, people looking at you like you're crazy. Who cares? People judging you. Who cares? Not every, you know, not everybody knows what's going on. So they I mean, it just it was hard to go back out and, and look people in the face again. I got you. Well, let me tell you something, uh, Miss my friend. You have looked several people in the face tonight. And you have sat here and you've eloquently told your story. And I believe that there were some people who were helped by your story. And I appreciate you uh, for doing so. Well, what I want to do now is I want to I want to invite somebody else into the conversation. Uh, He's a he's a therapist. He's a therapist by by trade, by training. So I want him to assess what he's heard uh, tonight. And hopefully, because I'm going to be honest with you, when I get off of these shows, Missy, uh, Coy, Mary, I have to process these truths. And sometimes I have to sit here for 10 or 15 minutes because I've, of what I've just processed, right? And sometimes I need to know what to do with these feelings. So I'm, I'm going to bring in uh, Dr. Rayfield Evans. He's a pastor in Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, but I'm going to bring him in and I want him to share with us what he's heard. And then we'll go further in the conversation in just a moment, okay? So let me bring him on in right now. Uh, Dr. Evans, how you doing, my friend? Doing well, my brother. How are you? All right. Nice this is Jason. This nice is Jason right here. Jason, Jason, his wife lost their child, their only child. After having miscarriages and all of these things, he shared his uh, grief journey, talked about. And I, were you, were, did you get a chance to listen to a lot of what we were saying? Yes, yes. I, okay, I, good. So I don't have to give you a recap then. Okay, good. Yes. So tell us, based on what you've heard, what 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 what, what, are, what are you saying? Well, well, first of all, again, thank you, James, for allowing me to to just be a part of this uh, on tonight. Thank you, Jason, for your courage and also for your candor. Um, you have helped you've helped someone tonight, either who has faced the same thing of the loss of a child, 
or you have helped someone be prepared uh, who is looking at the same thing. You know, there are some, there are times that major illnesses do just what they do. Uh, they they are the cause for our loved ones to no longer be with us. So so you have done a great work, and I appreciate what you what you've done on uh, tonight. Um, probably the first thing I want to talk about is just is just the courage to tell your story. Um, part of the healing process from anything that's traumatic, anything that is hurtful is simply being able to talk about it, yep. you know, and, and I've been with families since our pastor who have not been, a, been able to talk about it for an extended time, meaning you could not bring up their loved one's name. There was no fun memories that they talked about, but then there were other families who, who could celebrate the life and talk about all of the memories that they had. Even though you and your wife chose not to do counseling when it first happened, the one thing that you all did right was stay together. Even if you said that all we did was just drink, you did it together. What happens with most families, Jason, is that, especially couples, is that there will be an emotional separation and also a physical separation. And, and I'm getting emotional just thinking about what you have experienced but but now the thing that you all did you all stayed together you know you, you know grieving is is such an individualized thing and so most times you know people don't grieve the same so the husband may grieve one way the wife may grieve that way other family members may grieve one way but now they they never come together and grieve together that's the thing that causes uh you know divorces after a tragic loss but but what y'all did, y'all did it together. I, I knew I, I I'd been through loss as a child also, so I knew that that there would come low points in that ride to the hospital that morning. Yeah. I knew the most important thing was we had to stick this together. We had to do this together because no one else was going to understand how bad we were hurt. No, no. The the, the only people who would have an inkling are the people who have experienced the same type of loss. And then loss yeah. is different for everyone, you know, but, but now you all were able to stay together. And, and, and I wrote down some notes and, and, and one of the things that probably assisted you was being able to minister to your wife. Absolutely. And, and, and see, he, here's to tell you something about my background. I had a marriage that ended after 30 years. If I would have had your skills, you know, to to you know you know to minister to to my soon to be ex wife, uh, uh, things would have been totally different. But but at the time at the time I didn't have the skills that you had, Jason. So 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 I do. I don't know where I got them from. It was just just dumb luck that happened. On oh head. oh look, one, <laughs> one Jason, one unlucky about that. That was just God giving us oversight, giving us direction even when we don't ask him to give it, even when we don't ask him to give it. Um, uh, so, 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 so looking at the process of grieving, part of your healing and the reason that you are where you are is because number one, you, you focus on someone else. Mm. You made your wife your focus. That's good. And I have been with individuals who have been going through what they're going through and they only focus on the problem. You know, I, I've sat with men who's lost their families going through the holidays 
and 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 not not being able to focus on anything but their own laws. But now, let's say that was Thanksgiving, Christmas time. They volunteered for shelters. Mm. They they thought about something that was bigger than them. You focus on your wife, and it allowed your healing process to begin. That's good. You you're hurting just like your wife is hurting, but now but now because you focus on someone else, you you allow God to just just allow you to, to to begin the healing process. And and remember, these things happen not when we evoke his name, not when we call on him. Preacher. But simply from the truth that he loves you and he cares for you. Mm. So so he's been there all the time. Um uh marriage is never 50-50. You know, and you have given what you needed to give to your wife during this time of grief. Wow. Grieving is a process, and and there's all types of, uh, of models, you know, and 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 most people would say that nothing is 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 in this neat little order, uh, but but we can go throughout the gamut, and and I'm sure you you've heard stage one the denial, stage two the dealing with the anger, stage three bargaining, uh, stage four depression, and 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 then stage five. You finally have an acceptance mm. of what has happened. And, and and look, you may go from stage one to stage three. Yeah. You may go from stage three. And go right back to one again. Back to, <laughs> back to stage one. But but now the idea is that that grieving period should be just what it is. One of the stories in the Bible is that is that David, King David, had a had a child who died. King David took to the sackcloth and ashes. And when they came and told him uh, that his child had died, he got up, he washed himself, and he ate some food. What we have to be careful with, Jason, is to make sure that we don't grieve for the rest of our lives while life continued to pass. Mm. Right. You and your wife still have years to enjoy together you you went through a six month period of losing uh, four family members, but you didn't lose all your family members. Mm-mm. You know, so 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 look, time with family, time with your wife, all those things have to be reengaged, even though you may feel like remaining disengaged. People will cry, people will ask questions, and sometimes, Jason, people will just be kind and want to know. Yep, you know. And and I know that during this time, you've had to contend with all of that. Mm. Understand this. The power of God says that we can even heal from loss and heal from hurt. So, so, so brother, that is my prayer and desire for you. It's good that your wife is now receiving counseling. You know, she may need, she may need this. Now I'm, I'm talking counselor talk now. She may need some type of antidepressant for a while. Well, she she's she's not actually seeking counsel yet. She's actually starting to see the doctor. She's starting to take the antidepressant. Uh, uh, she is not taking anything up to this point until okay. uh, about six right. months ago. So for five years, she uh-huh. was just trying to deal with it on her own. Yeah, and the and, and the antidepressant, the, the one thing about the antidepressant, it would help elevate her her her, her mood mood. Yeah. But at the same um, time. Now she's actually starting to talk about counseling. She wouldn't even talk about it prior to the medication. That's it. It is the process where she has to engage. And you said it right. 
no one can make another person go to counseling. Just like, just like no one can make someone stop drinking or stop drugging. Man, they have, to, that, they have they, to make a choice. Right. They have to. And I'm so glad that you didn't force her. You didn't push her. But now you kept it as an option. That's good. So, 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 so look, my, my only desire is to just, is to just pray with you, pray for you. Um, oh man. And, you know, and like I said, just the fact that you all are still together. Still together. Ah, Lord we are what I call us. I, I told I'm the, the term I use for us to uh to get her out and get her going is we are unfortunate empty nesters and we are going to live our life. Mm. And look that, that look, you said it all right there. Did did didn't want to be in this situation. So, so yeah. a greater power uh uh allowed this to be. So 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 now the thing is to regroup, to regather. And to continue the journey as husband and wife. Sir. Lakeisha said, ride to the wheels fall off. That's <laughs> right. Ride, ride to the wheels. <laughs> hey, it. listen, listen, listen. Uh if any uh I, we're gonna close the show is over. I'm done. I, I processed enough truth. <laughs> Jason, it's good. We're gonna get you back on. Uh I appreciate you, know, you having I, me on. I appreciate uh, you. No, you're gonna be on to contribute on some other conversations because we're gonna diversify a little bit more. And okay. you know, it's time to do some. Uh, we had a good conversation while I was in town and Jackson and I, I mean, not Hudson and I had a good conversation. Hudson, yeah. We, yeah, we're going to look into going and doing that too. But uh, th- this has been rich. What's up, Taylor, man? Tell you all, those are my brothers, man. Taylor, Evan, Jackson, these guys, man. I've gotten to know these fellows. I got to know them four years ago, but I got to know them in a more, in a closer way in the last eight to nine months. And these are my dudes, man. Like I told you, I go, I'm going, I'm driving out there next week. I go I, nowhere else. will I drive nine, 10 hours, <laughs> but for these guys, I, I mean, I drive a fly, whatever I do because they're my dudes. Listen, if you want to support the platform, uh, I'm going to put the cash app up. You can do that. Uh, you can do that. You can do that. Intellectual stew, JK two. Uh, you feel free to support the platform. It helps us to expand what we are trying to do. You see, the intellectual stew, like I told y'all, it's, it's, it consists of several. I do relationships. I do a bunch of stuff. But I do things that I think are impactful and I think do things that I think that are relevant. And I knew that Jason was going to have a story to tell. And I knew it was going to be a lot of truths to process. And I knew they were going to be heavy. So I needed clarification. So I wanted to bring on Dr. Evans. And uh, Dr. Evans, uh, he, uh, he, Dr. Evans probably has about 120, 130 counselors in the state of Mississippi that work under him. Uh, uh, so he's trained in that area. And plus, he pastors a church. So I wanted to bring him on. And uh, Jason, I hope what he said has helped. Uh, I hope you can replay this uh, for your wife if she's not listening. And yeah, uh, she wouldn't listen. <laughs> she I got in. Well, she can listen in her own time now. She can listen in her own time. Yep. She can press pause. She That's can press right play. Time. She can press That's stop. Time. Yeah, she, you know, she can, she can, because, you know, it's going, I, I will definitely put this one on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to make sure that she can have access to it. But uh, mom, Miss Mary, I appreciate you for listening and supporting your son tonight. Uh, Those of you all that are in East Texas, those of you all that are uh, in Louisiana, my people, Taylor, uh, Jackson, uh, all of you guys, man, I appreciate you all uh, for tapping in. Jason, uh, Myra, you know, Myra's the one that didn't look like she was going through. Uh, She just said, thank you for sharing. God bless you and your family. Uh, She's going through something major. uh, uh, And, and she's taking her sick uh, situation 
and uses it to minister to people that are going through the same thing. If you go on her mm-hmm. Facebook page, all she's talking about, this beautiful lady here is dealing with a heart transplant. You know, just had a heart transplant. Da, da, da. She's ministering. God got to take your ashes, man, and turn your beauty into ashes, bro. I'm telling you, he will. He will do it. He will do it. It's all a matter of perception, man. And so that's why I'm thankful that I had Dr. Ray come on. I'm going to do something that I don't that I do not do all the time, but I feel compelled to do tonight. Uh, Dr. Ray, will you pray us out? Yes. And then I'm gonna do my final. I'm gonna do my final goodbyes. Uh, he's gonna pray us out, Jason. Uh, I'm gonna do my little final commercials, and then we're gone. But go. I don't have a hat on. Okay, good. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Doctor Ray. That's right, Father God. We come, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We're lifting up the Clayton family to you right now, Lord Jason and his wife. We ask, Lord, for your continued healing, for your continued guidance, Lord. And Father God, we pray for full restoration, Lord. Even in the absence of their daughter, you can make them whole. You can make them complete again, Lord. So we ask that you touch right now in the name of Jesus. Uplift them and hold them in your mighty right hand, Lord. Give them your peace, your joy, Lord, and and, and allow them to feel your burning love for them. We just say thank you right now for their lives. Thank you for their testimony. And thank you, Lord, for what you're doing through them right now. Thank you in the name of Jesus we do pray, amen, and thank God. Amen. We call it done. We call it done. Listen, uh, y'all check out the website, theintellectualstew.com. If you want any merchandise, feel free to go there. Uh, Dr. Ray, I appreciate you. Jason, I appreciate you. I'm about, I'm about to take us on out. I'm going to leave a couple. I'm going to let it play for a couple of minutes because I got a couple of commercials I want to share. You can hear those in your own time. But Jason, once again, thank you. I appreciate sure. you, bro. I Thanks. appreciate Thank you. Thank you for the time. Let, let your wife know that she has a whole nation of people. It's called Stu Nation. And we're praying for her, man. And, sure. uh, and prayerfully, you. whenever she's ready, if she ever wants to come on, she can come on, bro, and sit right beside you on that couch. You know, sure. just, 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 just as a, you, have a, you have an open invitation to come on Thank my you. platform. And I appreciate you. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Why, why did you choose me? Because you talk about everything, okay. not just one thing. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Y'all be good. Hey, we're out. Hey, remember, I got one thing I always say to y'all. The world is changing. My question for you is why do you remain the same? Y'all have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. Hey, let's change the world together. Get your The World is Changing tea at www.theintellectualstew.com. Listen, friends, I was stuck in a state of stagnation. I was depressed after a divorce. I was marinating in my misery, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to work, didn't want to go anywhere. I just wanted to stay where I was. But then all of a sudden I had an epiphany. And I realized that where I was was not where I was supposed to be. So I made an adjustment. And you know what I did? I got on the path to better. You know why? Because I realized that better existed. And you know what I want to do? I want to invite you to join me on the path to better. Get your On the Path to Better t-shirt at www.theintellectualstudio.com. Dot com. Will you join me on the path to better?